1: Welcome to counter Charge, and I'm Matt Carmack. And I'm Rough Enough, and we're back again with Matt from the RC, this time with an interesting topic. We're going to talk about this new survey that they're getting ready to put out to collect feedback from the community. It's a great opportunity for people to really engage with what you guys are doing on the RC and telling what they think is uh, problems or areas for They I guess they could also use it for glowing feedback if they just uh, had nothing but good things to say about the Twilight Kin.
2: Yeah, yeah. So for those who don't know, um, I've mentioned it a couple times in passing on various discords, Facebook, but the plan this year is to run a survey similar to the one that was run last year, which was done more independently, less of an RC thing, more of just a fact-finding mission for fun, was just a, what are the three things that you would want changed about a particular faction or the game as a whole. And I ran that for like two weeks and got, I think, I have to go check my data, but 700 individual requests in it. I had over a thousand pinks to my phone. I remember that one. I counted the notifications. But that survey actually collected a lot of data just in terms of like common denominators of what people were asking for and what people were looking for. And that provided a lot of insight going into the year for the RC as to, hey, you know, when we get to a faction, we're not sure what people are looking for for changes. What can, you know, we can refer to that and be like, hey, this is what a bunch of people are saying. This is a thing you should look at. So. This year, we're looking to do something similar. It's a little bit more in depth to collect a little bit more information than strictly just those three questions. The The gist of it is still generally the same. It's still mostly just name three things, talk about three things that you find that you really want changed about the game in general and for potentially each faction. You don't have to fill out all of those. So I've left some of those blank. So if you want to go in and fill in every single faction, if you've got suggestions for every single faction, that's great. They are available to fill out. We're also trying to collect some census data is what I've been calling it, where it's just a general. How often are you playing Kings of War? Where are you playing Kings of War? And what armies are you playing Kings of War with? Uh, There's a couple of different reasons for that. For how often are you playing Kings of War? This kind of gives us an idea of what types of players are playing Kings of War. So whether or not it's more casual audience, more competitive audience. Whether or not we're seeing a skew for certain armies toward a certain audience. So if the players who are responding that they're playing, you know, a lot with a certain army. If that's a consistent theme with like one specific army, we can kind of track that. Okay, maybe this is appealing a lot to competitive players, but not appealing a lot to casual players. And we can track that a little bit more efficiently. We can also track, again, whether or not we're seeing those armies in competitive events. So a little bit through this. It's not a perfect system. No no survey is going to give us perfect data. No one source of data anywhere is going to give us perfect data. We're always going to have a little bit of deviation there. But we can then use this with other data that we can collect from like the app, which has been a wonderful source of information. Uh, We can use it from our own personal experience and from other sources that we can collect things with, like the US Masters, uh, the UK Masters, uh, now the Asian Masters, got a couple different sites that we can now track multiple things when it comes to how people are using armies, what armies they're using. And this one is to try and get a little bit more of a pinpoint on how people are using armies that may not be going to events, if possible, because
1: that's one of the harder player groups to actually get information from sometimes. Awesome. Well, let's take a step back and let's just talk big picture. What role does that data play in the process? Generally speaking, I'll, I'll actually, I'll do one better.
2: I'll take it. We'll take one extra step back real quick and kind of go over the RC's development cycle as, as a very brief overlay of it. So it doesn't have to be in depth, but but the general gist of our year, I've talked about this on one of my YouTube videos. Um, I'll probably do another one at some point, but the 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 year consists of we, outside of the one to two additional releases that Mantic has been giving us, of which Trident Realm was the next one, so they've, they've been hyping that up slowly but surely, but they provide us the information for that release, we then look at what changes we want to make for that faction, we develop those changes, we put those changes through testing, we finalize those changes, we release those changes. For Clash, which is the much larger project, obviously, if, if these releases are one army, Clash is 28. So it's 28 times as large, theoretically. It's the same general idea. We discuss the changes we want to make or the changes we think are necessary. We workshop and develop those and do the technical writing for those, I think is the correct term. So I usually call it coding. So we code those into the rules. We then release those to play testers, usually with a play test specific document to make it easier for them to use. And then they test those rules. We then finalize those rules. We then get those out to clash. When I'm saying that, I can say that in this very brief period of time, that's like, you know, oh, that clearly can happen like in the span of like a week. It's like that happens over the course of an entire year. So, like, we, we're developing the rules for, like, months. We're, you know, workshopping the rules for months. We're testing the rules for months. And then we have to finalize ahead of Mantic actually printing and releasing the book, usually with a good breathing room of about a month. So, because stuff can go wrong, printing errors have to be caught. There's a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, so, we have to wind down and actually be finished at a certain point to where we are just doing effectively... Spell checking slash editing work, um, and even then we don't catch everything because we're we're human. We're not perfect, so it's it's a case of that's the cycle. And then and then usually toward the end of that, we're already starting the process for the next year. We're already looking ahead. We're already looking ahead toward you know the next class, the next edition, the next you know whatever it's going to be how this data flows into that is that especially on the earlier side of development this helps us pinpoint focal points and focus points for us to basically look at and say hey maybe there's multiple problems in the game right maybe there's a lot of different things that people have pointed out that are like hey this could be an issue or hey you know this is something that personally bugs me know, There's a situation where people were having difficulty with how difficult terrain works and how flying can move through, but it doesn't say end on difficult terrain. There's different ways to interpret that. That's a problem. People brought that up. That's relevant. When we're working with a book, we have so much physical space in the book that we can actually make changes in. So we do end up having to prioritize some stuff doesn't make it. We just don't have enough room to make all the changes. Plus, there's a certain... Um, f- uh, change fatigue that comes when you have too much stuff that changes at once there's a balance basically you don't want to change too much at once because at that point why aren't we just making a new addition but we also don't want to change too little or people will be like okay well you didn't fix this you didn't address this type of thing so it's about trying to hit the biggest things and prioritize the most important changes and these surveys can really help us pinpoint hey this is the thing that like I really want changed. And usually there's some pretty identifiable, certainly the last survey, which had far less feedback than I think this one will be able to get. There were things that we were able to very quickly be like, okay, so this is a common thing. Like everyone wants the forest warden to have inspiring. So everyone wants it. It's was like, cool, can we do that? That is the follow up. So just because everyone wants something does not necessarily mean it's a thing that should be done or can be done. Um, I'm sure that I think I even posted about it it was like there was a joke uh, turn in from a lot of people that was just delete elves from the game. Uh, All the dwarf players want to delete elves. All the elf players want to delete dwarves. So obviously, you know, we're not going to do that. But generally speaking, when we're looking for things, we can find those and then we can determine whether or not it's a, an actual probability. There may be someone who gets together, a group of people who are like, vampires should have 100 attacks now for the regiment. Doesn't mean they're gonna, but, you know, we can take that feedback, like, okay, maybe they need to be looked at.
1: Can we buff them? That's where it flows into our, our process. And in terms of data, I mean, it, it seems like you guys have a lot of ways to collect data, right? Uh, the, the easiest one to look at are all the examples on Facebook where people make a post and either it, it could be something that they love about the game or some specific unit, or it could be a, a rules question or a commentary about, you know, looking for clarification on this situation. Facebook is, is obviously one. And, you know, I think the, the difficulty with Facebook is it's sometimes hard to, to find the great questions and the great right commentary through some of the, the chatter and some of the noise. There's a couple different places we collect data. Facebook is one of them. I will say that some of the
2: issues with Facebook have to do with how Facebook's algorithm works. So just because there could be a really good suggestion or a really good question that gets buried that we never see just because no one else responds to it. Facebook effectively by design pushes things that are louder topics. So things that have more comments, more likes that are more sensational to the top and therefore it is more likely that we will see those and less likely that we would see something else. The other problems with Facebook are that it's, as you said, it's hard to sometimes go back and find those things later on. So one of the the other main reasons this survey is so convenient is that all this data is available in one place, and it's really easy for us to track down. So we don't have to Go on Facebook and hope that we remembered that one conversation from eight months ago in that one topic where we made a response was like, it was a cool idea. And, you know, three months later when we're doing the process, have to actually go and remember that thread and find it somehow, which is either a lot of Facebook scrolling or praying that their search function works.
1: Plus, the survey is a bit of a scalpel in the sense that you've got specific questions and you're able to pull answers from lots of different people. Yes and no. At its outset, from a public-facing standpoint,
2: I'd actually argue that it's it's very wide. It's a very wide net, so it's it's the questions are very open-ended. What do you want changed? That's all it's asking. It doesn't say like it has to be like you know a rule and a unit and a, or a special rule or getting rid of a special rule. Like if you could get rid of one special rule, what is that? So it's 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 actually fairly loose on the question. However, we can then take that and narrow it down to like okay. How many people commented on one thing, right? Like, so if if we look at, say, I'm going to just pull an example, let's say dwarves. So let's say that people, what's a controversial unit, the battle driller, I guess? People look at the battle drill and they're like, I don't like that this is a monster cav. Why isn't it just on a 50 millimeter like every other monster? It's a legitimate critique. I don't necessarily think it needs to be, but, you know, that's something people might bring up and maybe a lot of people feel that way. I don't necessarily expect every single person to go in and say, make it a 50 millimeter monster. I don't think that's a realistic expectation for people to respond with. What I would expect is for people to say, Hey, the battle driller, I can't justify to in my list. I just can't make it work. You know, maybe it could get this, maybe it could get, and then probably get 50 or so different responses saying like, change it this way, change it this way, change it this way. And they may not all be the same change, but they're all asking for a change. And that still allows us to be like, okay, cool. Maybe they don't all agree on what they want changed, which is fine because I don't expect more gamers to agree on anything, but they all agree that this unit isn't working in its current state. And that's something we can hone in on and be like, cool, we need to find something to change here. And if there's 50 people talking about the batteries trailer versus zero people talking about like iron guard then iron guard are probably fine at that point the the net is far reaching but our ability to to uh parse the information itself and actually identify what people are looking for uh, allows us to narrow it down to the scalpel that we need to to find things to change
1: And I guess you could identify things you want to get clarification on or additional. So if something comes out of the data and says, oh, this is a topic that we want more information on, you could do a follow up Facebook post. The other downside of Facebook
2: posts is generally speaking, other than like we still have to manually go in to the survey to kind of correlate this information, to, to parse it down to like this is what people are looking for. Facebook posts, we would still have to do that, but it's a lot harder because you're basically having to go through individual comments and identify individual posters, whereas in this, I can just have it all spit it out to a spreadsheet, and it's a lot easier to go through and actually investigate the information as opposed to a Facebook post where it's much more time-consuming, much more grinding. It doesn't mean that we don't look at Facebook posts. We definitely do, but... In times where we need to find something quickly, this becomes an easier to default to method, an easier to find location, easier to track location. Uh, we have for for extreme things. So basically, for other data collection kind of coming in, if there's something that's like a really big thing, so that I've, I've started doing this because of those issues with Facebook and because of those like it's not strictly Facebook either. Discord has it, though. Discord search function is significantly better, but in terms of Trying to make sure that those don't get lost in the the, the time, basically, difference. Like, after, over time, they just disappear because that's how it works. I usually, when it's something that gets highlighted like that, I just have a list that I put together that's like, cool, this came up. This was a significant discussion. This was, you know, what they brought up. And I add it to a potential change log. doesn't necessarily mean we're going to act on it, but
1: that's how I at least keep track of those. So we are tracking those to some degree as well. I think the survey too gives you a really great set of demographics for the people that filled out the survey, right? You, you talked a little bit about it earlier that you're going to know how often they play, where they play, what armies they play. And, and it sort of gives you context when you're reading their answers or their feedback. To a degree, this is the improvement from last year
2: is last year we, li- they were just three open-ended questions. It was extremely open-ended, which didn't give us a lot of context surrounding things. It was strictly, hey, just give us information. This allows us to go through and I think for the army's pages, the one of the questions is just, do you play this army? Yes or no? Because maybe you have an opinion on an army you don't play because you've played against it. And you're really like, I'll use the the boogeyman from last year with Scorch Wings. Maybe you're tired of playing that Scorch Wing list, right? <laughs> been shot up to death. It's not fun. You don't enjoy it. You don't play that army, but you definitely want that thing not to be wrecking you every time it shows up to the table right but that can allow us to kind of track okay is this an opinion of people playing the army but you know are the people who are like ah but scorch wings are fine or they're totally okay are those always people who are playing the army or are those also people who aren't playing the army as well because people who are playing it are going to inherently be more biased toward the things that they play with they're going to inherently want to protect their investment basically for lack of a better term so it's 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 their unit they want to keep it good. It's not saying everyone's like that. Obviously there're always going to be people who are going to be like, "Yeah, no, I play this and it's probably a little too good," type of thing. But generally speaking, this allows us to to further go through some of that information and further be like, "Okay, so who who is saying what? Does that
1: give us some context for why they might be saying this?" I know for me personally, it's it's hard to, to, for me to see my own biases sometimes. Yep. Yeah. It gives you a little sense of context, you know, it gives you a little window into, "Okay, I'm saying scorch wings are too good." All right. Well, why are you saying that? I'll flip
2: that on its head, too. So just to make that clear that it, this is not strictly an accusation of personal bias to defend a thing, but also for the uh, the wrong reasons, too. So I play Apathos in Empire of Dust. I'm fairly well known for this at this point. Apathos is widely considered by the competitive EOD players to be the worst option in that list. But I can make him work. So clearly he's fine, right? Like, clearly there's no problem there. (laughs) Clearly he doesn't need help because I can make it work. But if everyone is saying, hey, this isn't working, hey, this needs help, this can make it so I could be like, oh, okay, maybe this is a me, not a like, you know, everyone else thing, right? Like, Mm -hmm. uh, it's the flip side is true as well. It's not strictly just for overpowered units or too strong units. It's also for underpowered units that I may have a different contextualized uh, opinion of.
1: And it reminds me of the conversation we had at Masters about Scorch Wings directly, where it depends on what table you're playing at. If you're playing in the Masters room, mm-hmm. Scorch Wings did show to not be as big of a problem because right. they knew how to deal with it. But then in best of the rest... It had more impact. And so it's, you know, I I always say the answer to the question, you know, the context of the answer is is sometimes equally as important to the actual answer.
2: No, that is actually a lot of some of the purpose with some of the more general questions of like, hey, do you go to tournaments more often? Do you find yourself playing, you know, every week, once a month, once a year, you know, less than that, that type of thing. Giving us that information helps us identify, hey, maybe it's not a case of, these units are broken at the top, maybe it's because that's the thing. Usually the units that people identify and are very loud about and therefore are easier to pinpoint are coming from top. They're coming from the top players most of the time. And it's usually top slash upper half of the room who have to encounter those top players a lot that are, that are feeding our information on that. But this allows us to get more information from the lower demographic where... Um, you know, your garage gamers who may not ever go to an event may not even post on Facebook that much. I I hope they do. That's part of why I'm trying to reach out through other means, through counter charge, through other podcasts, through Mantic dash 28, all the community sources, resources you have. Yeah. Any, anything that I can get, uh, get a hold of basically this time to push this out is the wider we can cast this net, the more information we can get. Uh, last time I ran it pretty much exclusively through Facebook
1: and we, not a wider response than I thought I would, but I definitely think we can do more. When we talk about collecting this data, I think a lot of people look at it through the lens of like balance or competitiveness, but it's also fine if if you just find a unit that you just don't find interesting. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because you're a narrative player, then share that too, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that you're only asking for what needs to be fixed or what needs to be nerfed. I mean, it could just be make it interesting. Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely a legitimate thing. I think
2: it, a lot of times we get we get caught up in the balance aspect of the game, which is very important, um, not just for competitively, but also for garage games generally want, you know, the game to feel balanced even at a not super competitive level. Um, it's definitely no fun if, you know, I just pick an army at random and, you know, throw darts at the thing to pick units and then I play that against your equivalent. I picked an army and threw darts at a wall and I lose every time. Maybe there's a problem there. Not going to be a perfect science with that. It is possible to write a bad list, though sometimes difficult. Generally speaking, there are other things that, like, you know, people want in this game that aren't strictly competitive meta. You have things like the ambush scenarios that we did in this last uh, Clash. I know that there was a push for those, and that's why they ended up in that book. And people have generally so far been positive on those. And if people want to see more stuff like that, this is a great way to be like, hey, I like those. Give us more. You know, you want more scenarios? This is another way to say, hey, give us more of those. You want asymmetrical scenarios? Cool. Let's do it. You want allies back in the game? No, absolutely not. (laughs) If enough people say it, maybe, you know, that type of thing. To switch into some expectation settings, I guess, um, or setting expectations, just because you submit an idea does not mean it will show up in the next Clash. Um, I'll start with that. That hopefully would be obvious, but I think sometimes that has to be said out loud. Just because an idea gets passed in, even if it's a popular idea, it does not necessarily mean it gets worked on because there's going to be a lot of those.
1: Limited resources, limited, you know, limited time. Yeah, it just is
2: what it is. More so than that, there are things that we can't strictly do as the R.C., However, I can say that we will absolutely pass this information on to Mantic. So, one thing, for example, uh, is we realistically, for the uh, with very few exceptions, can't create new units. But maybe you could tell Mantic that we need a Commandant model. Exactly. You know, maybe, maybe it's a case of, like, people really, really, really want this unit. They really want a Titan-based monster in undead that's not the undead behemoth you know they want uh i don't know some kind of undead crocodile i'm just making stuff up so they want that in the game and like a ton of people ask for it we can't do that like the rc can't necessarily make that be a reality but we can then throw that information to mantic and say hey people really 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 want this maybe down the line When you have time in your release schedule, come out with this model, then we'll make rules for it. Cool. But uh, at least to set the expectation, those are things that we can't necessarily strictly do. And definitely usually are going to take longer than a Clash book to uh, respond with. Because Mantic has to plan their stuff years in advance regardless.
1: Well, especially model making and art design, sculpting. Yeah, yeah. They've got their whole
2: process going on. Yeah, that with like Mantic has its whole thing going on. RC's got its whole thing going on. So this is this is strictly more for the game designs uh, RC side of things than it is for the model side of things necessarily. But like I said, we can we can share this information. It's not like this is exclusive. Heck, if anything, uh,
1: I can't promise it, but we can uh, look and see if we can publish the results of this. Kind of like the Great War Gaming survey that they do on an annual basis. It's always cool to go back and look at that results, and it shows like what genres are popular. And- yeah, I don't necessarily see any harm in
2: data being publicly available uh, for the most part.
1: Yeah, you could probably aggregate it, right? And and share the 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 trends that came out of it. That would be my hope anyway. You know, five years ago, there weren't surveys. So who came up with the idea or where did this germ of this idea come up with? Because it's great. And I know that we're going into year two of this. Mostly, uh, it, it's just a case of
2: having done this kind of stuff before, having worked a little bit in the the, the games industry, so to speak. Um, we don't have some of the tools that digital games i'm just gonna say video game creators have available the closest thing we have is the app which definitely gives us a lot of uh, data we can pull which is great but when we're talking about what kinds of data could like a video game pull for example without even necessarily having to ask because it's their game
1: you know how long they've been playing what classes they were playing yeah so
2: like you know if you're pulling from you know if if we're talking like a super competitive RTS game or an MMORPG or a uh, a MOBA, like they can, you know, they can pull exactly how often characters are picked. They can pull exactly however a faction is picked, how often a unit is built, when a unit, like they, they can pull so much data from so many people at any given time very quickly. Um, And we can't. So uh, we don't have that option. Which is fine. It's not necessarily like, it's just the nature of the business, right? So this gives us a little bit of a better window, and especially at the right time. The other reason I think that this is potentially beneficial for people is what I see a lot of, and it happens especially as we get toward the Clash release, uh, like October, November period this year, Is I saw a ton of Facebook posts go up and they were all like, hey, I really want this in the Clash book. And every part of me internally was screaming, you are seven to eight months way too late.
1: Only give it to us like nine months ago. We could do something about it. It's like we are basically wrapping up unless it's something overwhelming. And even then
2: probably not like we're just too late in the process. So we're past testing. We're past, you know, finalizing. We're just it's it's way too late. So the other major benefit of this survey, in addition to just being a a, a data collection point, I said there's no I don't want to skip on your question. There's no real starting point for it. It's just a way for us to get that type of information um, that we couldn't collect via strictly the app. We can collect some of this from the app to a degree. Like, we can get kind of an idea of how many people are playing factions. We can get kind of an idea of, like, what units are being
1: taken. But it doesn't give you any context for the player, right? It doesn't tell you it's just a competitive player. Exactly.
2: Aside from that, like, as, a, as an additional benefit is, while that information from the app is super helpful, there's no way to, to confirm it. There's no way to be, like, without literally going through and emailing every single person who has ever made a list and every single one of those lists and being like, hey, like, are you a different person? Like, did you make this list? Like, blah, 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 like it would be an enormous task to try and track down and like actually confirm all the information on the app as 100% accurate for the purposes that we're using it. This, by doing the survey, this actually helps us look at that app and be able to be like, oh, is this tool working the way that we're using it, basically? Like, does this information line up? So is the number of people making lists for this faction representing the population of this faction? Like, does that add up based on this surveying? So are those those numbers continuing to match as we go down the list? I suspect they will, but I also know that Kyle Poole writes, so he told me, 50 goblin lists on his own. Right. So, you know, how many... How many of those lists are Kyle Poole versus, you know, multiple players writing several independent lists? Yeah, and you also don't know if they actually played them. Right, exactly. I guess unless they were attached to a tournament. Because, yeah, I I write lists for armies all the time that I don't play because
1: I can't play every ARMY in the game. There are 28 of them. What are your hopes for this year's survey? I mean, obviously, last year was a success. Bigger, better, stronger? I'm being
2: pretty optimistic. In terms of last year, the, the survey was great, like I said, for, for it, in terms of what it set out to do, it succeeded. It, it got a lot of responses, especially for how quickly it was done, how short a time it was run, uh, and how little reach I had at the time. Um, it was It was pretty successful and, and the information we got was absolutely helpful wasn't the only driving factor as as we said, you know, Facebook, other mediums, our own personal experiences, so on, so on. But it definitely helped in the development of Clash. This year the goal is because hopefully, fingers crossed, we will have a significantly larger amount of reach between again, all the independent content creators, Mantic, and I plan to reach out on every medium that I can find. I know Reddit, Uh, There's multiple Kings of War discords, the forum, any additional mediums outside of Facebook, of which I know exist. So those will will get pushed as well. My estimate, and this is a rough count, is that we have somewhere in the realm of between 5,000 to 10,000 Kings of War players in the world. That's a rough estimate, hence why it's such a large spread. My goal is to try and reach a minimum of 2,000 responses. I think that's achievable. I, I think we have between, without even counting, the rest of the world, which I certainly should, um, though I understand language barriers might throw a hiccup in that. Uh, so if anyone wants to volunteer to translate the survey for the record, absolutely, I'm down for that. But the, the hope is that even just between the the English speaking countries that I do have the limited data that we do have on player counts. I think we can hit 2000 responses, so which is uh, one third of uh, one third response rate is my my hope. Um, So if we can get that, it's not perfect. Obviously, it doesn't mean we got everyone like but I don't expect to get everyone because also people just you know you get time like I've, I've learned this from doing uh we do uh surveys for playtesters as well and you know people are busy people have things come up you know not everyone has time to respond always this isn't a paid so like you're not being paid to do the survey so it's kind of just if you get time for it you can do it and sometimes people see it and they're like oh, I'll totally do that and then you know lunch arrives and they get a phone call and they forget. There's a whole lot of reasons why I expect to not necessarily get at 100% response rate or even a 50% response rate. But I think we can hit 30. I think between all the different mediums pushing it that we can get that kind of response. Um, The goal is to run it until the end of February. That's probably about the latest I can push it because at that point we need to have wrapped it up so we can actually start using that data in our development cycle. The hope is to just keep running these. So I don't plan to not run next year, for the record, at least at this stage. So it's not like there won't be other opportunities. Obviously, if you miss the survey, you can still post stuff on Facebook. You can still post stuff on other mediums. We'll still be looking there for suggestions, ideas, and just to you know answer questions, that kind of thing. Um, but if we can get those types of responses, that gives us a lot of information going forward in this clash
1: and forward beyond this clash uh, as the year continues. The survey is great, though, because it allows players that are part of this community that wants a piece of, you know, a little bit of agency. Tell them what you're feeling. What do you like? What do you not like? What should RC be focusing on? Yeah. If the data says there's a trend here or, or a hot spot for something they should focus on, that's what they're looking for. Tell them what you think. I know I, I set out the expectation that
2: not everything that is being sent in by these surveys will be acted on. I'm going to throw a positive spin on that and say that every single one of these will be read.
1: Yeah. You'll probably even consider it, right? You'll look at it and go, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's
2: every single one of these responses will be looked at, will be read by a human being because I'll have to parse it because I'll have to organize it into the, you know, it may not be 50 people saying the exact same thing about battle drillers, but it will be 50 people saying, hey, take a look at battle drillers, please. Everything here does get read. It does get looked at. It may not be a direct, you know, hey, back and forth chat type of thing, but you can at least know that, hey, we saw this. We will see it. We're going to consider it. We're going to at least read it, take a look at it, and then decide what to do with it.
1: Well, that's the, the interesting thing, right, about something like this is you're getting... Information from different sources spread across the world of different scenes, different locations. Everywhere's different. Right? Just in the yeah. U.S., right? Everywhere is different. When I know when I fill out this kind of information, I'm obviously speaking for my own experience, which is not the same as someone in California, maybe, or someone in Austria, right? You know, you guys have a tough job taking all of this information and distill it down into something that's actionable across the board. It's not like you can make special rules for different parts of the country. Right. You know what? I I wish everybody got stealthy for free down here in the southeast. Right. I wish I wish that. Right. (laughs) Right. It's a it's a tough challenge to take feedback based on individual experience and then make it into a universal set of. Suggestions that you can look at and consider and possibly apply. You don't want to make huge corrections here. You're sailing this giant boat, and the reality is, if you overcorrect, then you're just back and forth overcorrecting. You you make a small adjustment, and the boat will drift a little bit to the left or the right. You got to be delicate with that wheel because it's not a it's not a it's not a race car.
2: Right. It's it's always the South Park quote for me. It's like there's a time and a place for everything, and it's called college. Um, For me, it's there's a time and a place for everything, and it's called 4th Edition. We'll get there when we get there. That's the time for big global, like, let's overhaul the whole thing.
1: It'll still probably be evolution rather than revolution, right?
2: Exactly, right. I don't think I, at least personally, and this is another reason we do this survey, is because I have personal biases and personal experiences, too. And from my personal experiences, I have a specific lens that I see the game, right? Like, um... I generally consider myself a competitive player. I don't get to see the casual scene as much as I wish. Um, I don't get to play ambush as much as I wish or uh, asymmetrical scenarios or siege or legendary battles. Um, I mostly focus on competitive balance and that skews my viewpoint to look at things in a certain way, right? So the other benefits of these surveys are Sometimes I may have an opinion on something that's not popular. So it may be a case where like maybe a lot of people are saying that this unit, you know, I I said earlier, a lot of people think that this unit needs help. And maybe just because I haven't played against that unit enough or haven't played against that army enough, I may not have been aware. And so
1: this helps bring those things to light, which is great everybody in the community including the rc they all come with these their own experience and i think you know like your example before about Apothis, you may not see it as a as a you do know how to pilot Apothis, so for you it might not be a situation of where you're like well i i feel compelled to make him better even though there's many many people in the community that feel like they struggle to get that that unit to work Right. right so
2: yeah, Apophis a is a good example because there's an additional feeling of like, well, I also don't want to make him better because then it could be interpreted as like, oh, well, you play him, so now you're just making him better for your own sake. It's like, no, no, it's like this This many people told me that he doesn't work over and over and over. It was very much fun people, and I gave up saying that he's good.
1: Well, it's great, too, that I think the RC has taken on a lot of new voices. Varying levels, locations, long-term, I think we're going to reap the benefits of that. We were talking about
2: how how the game is kind of the ship that we're, we're steering and trying not to make huge corrections with, so to speak. And some of this also helps the RC with direction. As I said before, it helps us have some focus on what has to get done. I know I mentioned it earlier. It's like, I would expect... Not for 50 people to all say the exact same, hey, Battle Drillers must be on a monster base, but I would expect 50 Wargamers to say, hey, I can't make Battle Drillers work, and then suggest all 50 of them would come up with a different potential solution for how to make it work, if they even came up with a solution at all, which would be nice, but um, another thing we can briefly touch on. It may come as a shock to some people, But the RC does not always agree on what is the best route forward. Sometimes just having this as kind of like a fallback, not necessarily the driving factor, but as a like, hey, you know, we're not in 100% agreement on something. Or maybe we're like, we've got reservations about something, which I think is generally true. There's a lot of cases where we have devil's advocates or like, you know, if we do this, are people going to expect this as well type of thing. If we change this unit, do we also have to change this unit? There's there's a whole bunch of different things we have to consider when we're looking at the game from, from the, the wider lens. This can help those conversations by being a point, like we can point to it and be like, hey, look, over there, generally speaking, people said that this unit needs some help. And then that helps us focus in and be like, okay, I may not think it needs help. Like, again, I don't think necessarily Apothos needs help. But I can see that the community wants that, so it's my responsibility to give them that, and then that's that kind of becomes a way to channel more energy into keeping the boat going in a straight line as well.
1: You're going to go through this data, and you're going to find some you're going to find some uh, some areas that you want to focus in on. But maybe those will be done at different points. Like maybe there's some things yeah. that need to be immediate, immediately, right? And then as you alluded to with fourth edition, maybe down the road. Well, maybe that's something you'll go. Well, we know we need to focus on this. But this is too big for us to handle now. In the context of what we're doing in the immediate six to eight months, maybe it's a longer term for a, a possible next edition change, right? Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. It's there's there's going to be some cases
2: where you know people might suggest, hey, uh, I think one of the most popular things that was brought up in the previous survey that we actually did next to nothing in this last clash book. I'll fully admit to it was people were like, hey, unlocking system. It's a mess. Uh, it was a it was a combination of a bunch of different things. Again, it wasn't necessarily all the exact same complaint or critique or feedback suggestion. It was it was a collective group of people all said in some way, shape, or form. I don't like the unlock system. Our regular units don't do anything. Um, it's not stopping spam lists. It's complicated for new players. It's it, insert X Y Z. There was some sort of thing. We obviously didn't touch that this clash, and I can give a pretty justifiable reason for that, which is that doing that would require a pretty massive overhaul in the game systems, one way or another. Uh, whether or not that's recategorizing every unit in the game into different groups, whether or not that's creating a new system to determine how things unlock, either by granting unlock, like there's there's a lot of different solutions that we've we've been workshopping for that, but realistically those won't
1: appear until fourth edition it's easy to, to like overlook how complicated or interdependent some of these things are like you, you mentioned irregular units right well when you take in a regular unit you treat it like a troop you take a horde I got four troops okay well the original intent was probably to take four troops yeah the intent wasn't to unlock four hordes of scorch wings right the unfortunate nature of evolution of game systems where they do tend to move towards complexity maybe you add a new rule and then and then there's this unintended consequence of of you know interaction we hear that critique all the time the game is getting too complex well it's not like you guys are pushing it that direction i think that's just the evolution of a game in general i'll
2: touch on that briefly because we could do a whole episode man on game design theory and stuff like that but very briefly on the subject of of complexity And also just, uh, I I think I see a very common piece of feedback is like, these questions were never asked before, or were never brought up, or this was never an issue. I I see a lot of that general sentiment sometimes around things uh, when it comes to the game. And some of that is just the game has gotten older. I mean that from, and it's more popular um, than it ever was when it first started. Uh, And... The thing is, when you have more sets of eyes on rules and more people testing and experimenting and bending and uh, and and twisting and uh, hammering and doing everything they can to a rule set to, to uh, really dig into it, um, you start to find things that people just have never seen before, um, whether or not they were... Human error, whether or not it's language barriers, whether or not it's um, just—I mean, heck, let alone language—the English language um, is a nightmare sometimes. Uh, whether or not it's just that we uh, extra time wasn't taken to fully explain a the concept, there's also just kind of this challenge of both with the original rules writers as well as us currently is. Y- you can make things clear as daylight by spending, you know, 300 pages to describe in perfect detail exactly how a mechanic could work, right? But now you've written 300 pages and people are going to get bored by page two, trying to figure out what's going on here, or they're going to forget because you've, you've droned on for too long. So it's a case of balancing the need for, for it still is a game and people want to have fun with this. So you got to get them to the fun faster by not having lengthy rules descriptions. But likewise, you want to make sure that it's clear so that people understand the game they're playing. And that's kind of the delicate balance you have to draw. And as more eyes get on it, more questions get raised, more clarifications have to be made. And that's what you're seeing. So it's it's not necessarily that the game is getting more complex in places, though there is a degree of that. Um, I think we'll see a little bit of a reset toward fourth. I think some of it's just that we've gotten a lot of uh, there's a lot of things that I think are waiting for that big reset moment where we have that opportunity to go in and start cleaning some stuff up. Um, but outside of, of that, the game is still very much the same as it was in second edition, and I check all the time. I have every single one of those books, I pull them out regularly to check on old stuff to be like, hey, how is this written in second edition? How like how much has changed? You know, what changed? Why did it change? Um, Going back and looking at stat lines that didn't have unit strength and there was a trip recently. but, But yeah, like that one just wasn't a thing at one point. And it was a big change to the game that helped and made it better.
1: I don't envy you guys because, you know, feedback is a double edged sword and sometimes it's it's uh, mutually exclusive. So uh, the classic example we were just talking about, you know, someone says, you know, this army needs more flavor. It's not interesting enough. So you guys okay. add some more levers to make it more interesting. And then the next outcome is, well, now you've made the game too more, you know, too, too complex you've added these extra levels. It's damned if you do, damned if you don't. At the end of the day, you're not going to ever please everybody. You try to find a happy medium in the middle.
2: Yeah, for sure. And, and we are aware of that. I'll give Brenton a shout-out. Brenton very wisely, specifically in reference to the last survey pointed out, and this is absolutely true, is that even if we get 2,000 responses, even if I get as many responses as I possibly could, people are going to point out things that they don't like more often they're going to point out things that they like. In fact, I, I would expect that to be a 99% ratio of I don't like this thing, please change it, to, hey, this is a really good thing, please keep it. Um, don't change it. Which means that uh, you run into exactly what you're describing, which is, we might get you know, and I keep using the battle drills as this theoretical example, they're not necessarily changing, guys, don't get worried about your <laughs> um But, but Maybe 50 people say, hey, change the battle driller. Uh, I can't make it work. Please fix it. And we see that and we're like, oh, darn, a lot of people think that this needs to be changed. And then we change it. And then suddenly there's this outcry of like, it was working fine. How could you change this? And that's part of why the survey is not the only thing that we use when we're looking at these changes. It's part of why we, we collate that with other sources of data. So to use a perfect example, we can pull from the app how many times the Battle Driller is being taken in lists. That's something we can do. And so if, if people are saying in the survey, I can't make the Battle Driller work, I've tried it and tried and tried, it and I can't make it work, we would expect to see no lists or very little lists that are taking the Battle Driller. So we would expect to see a low pick rate, as I've called it, to where the Battle Driller is just not seeing play is people cannot make it fit into their list. And if that's collating, if that's adding up, then we can start being like, okay, so now we've got this combination of people are feedbacking saying it's not working. That's, that's matching up with the data we can pull. And people are, in fact, not using it. Maybe we should change it. It is a balancing act. We're not, I'm, I'm never gonna pretend that we're perfect. So we're not. So we are, we are very human. We try to chart the best path we can to make the most people we can happy with uh, what's going on. Um, to try to make the game appealing to new players, there's there's other things on top of that. Of course, we got to consider we're trying to make the game appealing to new players because obviously we want to have new people coming into the game constantly. Um, we we uh, also have to keep in mind, you know, Mantix needs as a business, so we've got to also have that always going on. At the end of the day, Mantix is a business; they gotta you know, pay the bills, keep the lights on. Um, so all those things combined kind of go into how we develop and shift the game. And then this survey just is it's just another tool in that arsenal that we can use to to get stuff done. I will say, and I think I've said this several times, at least maybe not on, on not in a larger audience rec- uh, receiving format, but. Uh, I I think this RC has more tools than any previous RC has had available for collecting information, for being able to see a wider data set for having uh, the ability to pull stuff and look at it than any previous RC has ever had. And I think hopefully it'll show. So it may not, like I said, I don't expect this to be perfect, but I
1: expect us to at least be able to steer the
2: ship as, as well as we can.
1: When is this thing going to go live? I know uh, we're looking at maybe a little after Christmas sometime. Yeah, so the the game plan right now is to launch 28th of December. So
2: hopefully we'll get the survey going public on all the different social media sites. I expect it to get some limited reception there because I suspect people will still be on holiday. So we might get, you know, might get more responses, might get less responses initially but that'll be the initial drop, and then we will run it until the end of February, where it will then close out. And at that point, uh, it'll stop respect. Uh, we'll stop receiving survey responses for this survey. But again, we will do another one the following year, and you can. It does not necessarily mean you can't send more feedback. So there, we will still collect feedback through other channels. It just means that this survey will be done for this year, so that we can start making actionable decisions based on it. My big thing is if if you were one of those people and I, I know some of you, I even specifically told you in those comments and I, I meant it. I meant it and I was being genuine and and fully like, hey, that, you know, I, I really want to see this, but I need it here because it will help so much more if it's here. Um, there were so many Facebook posts toward the end of October. I It just it kills me inside a little bit every time I see them because those are the ones that are most likely to get missed for the following year because they're happening before this clash, let alone the next clash. If you've ever had one of those like, I would really like to see this. This is your time. This is the best time and possibly the best way to provide those uh, suggestions. So um, and and I, I said I was going to touch on it earlier and totally forgot. In addition to that, if you're making a suggestion, when you're suggesting something so generally what i expect to see is hey i really don't like this thing or you know this thing needs some help if you have something specific like hey i really want to see this change like i think it'd be really cool if uh battle drillers were monsters and they had five extra nerve right um the more specific you can get just because we're going to correlate some of that into like specific things doesn't mean that when we then go and look for, Hey, everyone wants this battle driller changed, but how should we do it? Then we're going to go back and look at the more nitty gritty. Hey, what actual changes were suggested? And we might end up using one of those as are like, Hey, let's change this, especially if there's a popular one. Um, so we did that before with, uh, I think the the most well-known one at this point um, the one that I've definitely spoken uh, publicly on is the frozen mechanic the the tundra fighters the uh, freeze things and then get vicious against frozen things in northern alliance came from the last survey so or at the very least the survey supported that general direction um, that idea was voiced publicly and people kind of workshopped it a little bit. Um, I actually remember workshopping it in the survey response question, and then that inevitably it took a long time for it to get there. But that inevitably got used as a hey, when we were looking for changes from our alliance, that was what we went with. So, which is a case in point, a case in point example of yes, we we do use these. It does uh, help drive change and help give us things to work with to make the game a reality.
1: This is your opportunity. I mean, this is yeah. the everybody's opportunity to to tell them what things you love about the game, areas that they need to look at. It's one thing to point out something to, for you guys to look at, but if you have something actionable, I always live my life. If I'm going to give somebody a problem, I, I want to give them a solution. Right. I will also say this is call this a side thing. Definitely not required.
2: Uh, last year we had uh, the the only requirement was give us three things to work on. If you don't have three things, so if you're looking for a, a third suggestion. to to put in after you've gotten your two and you don't have an idea for a third throw in something you liked about the game the rc works on a volunteer basis a lot of times all we see and all we hear are the hey i don't like this and that can be really straining uh really taxing to see and it can create a a feeling of helplessly battling against an a unwinnable situation, right? Like we're trying to keep the, the ship straight and everyone is pulling on the left and everyone's pulling on the right. And we're just having to desperately keep it in the middle and pray that uh, we don't get thrown overboard uh, in the meantime. And I cannot tell you how much it means to have people reach out and are like, hey, thanks for putting in the time. Uh, thanks for this thing that you did that makes the game so much more fun. That means a ton. Uh, again we're putting our passion our love into this Uh, we don't we're not paid so we're doing this out of our love and enjoyment for the game and wanting to make sure that all of you have that same experience and that same love and that same enjoyment
1: well said and probably wise words to take us out so you'll find the link to this upcoming survey on december 28th it'll run through february and you'll find a link to it everywhere you could possibly think about it right like and anywhere you, you go to, to get Kings of War content you're gonna you're gonna find it Mantic hopefully will be pushing it through
2: their email list as well as blog posts and other formats so we will
1: we will push it this is an opportunity to give positive feedback too things you love about the game tell them that reinforces that oh we're doing the right thing and we're we're focusing on the right thing so any other shout-outs or announcements you want to make Matt this will be coming out presumably around
2: the holidays so I hope everyone you know Drive safe, be uh, be smart, make uh, good life decisions. Let's get started on 2024 and make it a great year of kings. And
1: so until next time, keep countercharging.
0: Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com. On Twitter at countercharge15